Hello and welcome back, or, or welcome for the first time, to the Christian Contrast Podcast, where we talk about the ways in which Christ calls us to live differently than the world around us. I'm joined, as usual, with Dan. How are you doing, Dan? I'm doing great. Excited about this episode. Yep. Today we're talking about uh, how to set goals and sustain change. It's this time of year where people are setting New Year's resolutions, or, or right now, uh, most people are failing at them. That's right. Already <laughs> abandoned them. Yeah. Uh, every year you can read blogs on how to set them, and you can read blogs about this crazy... Uh, success rate of like less than 5%, right? Like something like 97% of people fail their New Year's resolutions. Here's yeah, why. by February, usually. Yeah, yeah. and I think that's, um, I want to say that's crazy, but it feels pretty normal. Like yeah. I can live into that and relate to that. So we want to talk today about, you know, maybe the Christian view of, of change and setting goals and, and where, and which ways as God calls us to uh, welcome setting habits and keeping them. And a couple of things that we were talking about is, um, you know, how is it that we uh, set change in a way that's sustainable and realistic expectations? And we the conversation quickly started with, obviously, if you set giant goals, that you, things and ways in which you've never lived before, that doesn't seem very realistic. But I want to ask you, you know, why is that kind of the temptation? Like, we look at our life, we want next year to be completely different, so we set this unattainable goal to run a marathon in a month, to read an hour of the Bible every day, even though we probably read an hour all last year. What's the temptation to do that, even though I think deep down we know that we're not really going to be able to do that? Yeah, and I think it's it's a good place for us to start, because I think when we talk about this as Christians, there's there's maybe two levels, where there's one level of saying, what is just the practical wisdom um, some of which we might read in, in a book like the Proverbs or something like that, some of which we may just observe by, by looking around at reality and saying these are observable habits that seem to bring about sustained change. Um, and then part of it also goes back to just, all right, what is our big-picture Christian worldview that would lead us into understanding the capability of change? Mm-hmm. I think, all right, as believers in Jesus, as, as people who believe that the Bible is God's revealed Word, we do have a view that we can experience change and transformation. We believe that the gospel of Jesus brings us transformation. Right. We believe that we are indwelt by the Holy Spirit, and, and so that there's great optimism. Many of us, God willing, all of us as Christians, have experienced at least some levels of really significant change, where we would look back and say, man, I used to just be owned by my anger, and people knew me as an angry person. Like what one of our elders, um, Steve Myler, talked about this, and it, and it, it made me laugh, because I'd only known him, you know, since I've been here, like eight years, and he talked about how angry he used to be, mm. and I wanted to laugh, just thinking, you're making this up, there's no way you used to be that way, but it's observably true, and his wife would affirm, yeah, that, that was mm. the way. There's so, so we've experienced a level of transformation, um, a broken sinful habit, or the cultivation of, of new character, so we know it's possible, and we look around at people who are better than us at things, uh-huh. we look around and we say, all right, I know it's possible to be thin and healthy, or I know it's possible to read the Bible consistently, or I know it's possible to stop drinking, I know it's out there, and so I'm at this new place, I'm looking ahead, I'm optimistic, and, and I don't want to think small, and maybe that is part of the a good thing of how God has created us yep, as human yep. beings. I don't want to think small, I don't want to be ordinary, I want, to have, yeah, I want to have massive transformation into my life, so here are my 12 goals of how by the end of the year I'm going to be an utterly unrecognizable person. Right. And yeah. so I think some of it does come from a good place of healthy optimism that change is possible, we've seen it in ourselves, we've seen it in others. Um, but 
maybe what we've lost perspective on is just how long it often takes to have yeah. that sustained change. Yeah, I think it's interesting. We almost turn a blind eye in those, those moments of being optimistic or aiming high. Uh, not, to just, not to just what's realistic, but just to the previous change that we may, maybe have seen in our lives, that um, how we used to be, how we used to do something, we finally see some ch- change and have success. It's very likely that those things came from you know, very slow, very habit-forming lifestyle changes, not necessarily these instant things. Even when you talk about the transformation of, of the power of Christ and the Holy Spirit, you know, there are stories of people who, you know, maybe were in the midst of addiction and accepting Christ and being able to be free from that. But I think it also came from the wellspring of their life changing in many ways because of the power of Christ and the Holy Spirit, um, that it came from uh, being in the Word and being surrounded by other Christians, as opposed to before that, they probably were not. And so I think that um, we have to understand that it's not a negative thing for change to take a long time yeah. or to come from um, multiple surroundings, not just our own free will and our own power. It can come from you know slow habits, and I think that's a good thing. And we were mentioning that there's even some scripture that talks yeah. about our faith growing. It just takes a long time, it's, and that's the way gradual. that it is. Well, yeah, the, the the wealth of agricultural and kind of plant-based analogies when it when it's talking about growth. You know, Colossians 2, talking about being rooted in the truth so that we grow. You know, Psalm 1, about the tree planted by streams of living water so that it bears fruit. Um, Galatians 5, with the fruit, of the, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. And we look at all those things, and we say, all right, yeah, I want to be more patient. Well, fruit grows gradually. Mm-hmm. We grow gradually. Um, and something that you had mentioned, that it does point us back to this reality of saying, all right, you don't have to be a Christian to you know, to lose weight. You, you look on the biggest loser. It's not that without the power of the Holy Spirit, you can't break a habit or form a habit. Mm-hmm. But for us, especially because for us as believers, the kind of change we're ultimately looking at, and, and we talked about this in the previous episode, if we are looking at our health and we need to make changes, the ultimate purpose of that is so that we would be more available and useful to the Master. Mm-hmm. And so that is, that's a spiritual thing at stake. That's not just saying, I want to look better. Um, if we're looking to stop drinking, God willing, it, it's not just because um, we want to have a greater employment power or we don't want to ruin our health, but because it's, it's, we realize this is something that's mastering us, that's taking us away from what God's called us to. Mm-hmm. So if we start by saying, all right, we are indwelt by the Holy Spirit, we want to lean and tap into the power of Christ in that. Um, thinking of, I, I, I can't help but think of... Um, Peter and Jesus' conversation with him um, in the upper room. So in John 13, Jesus is talking to all the disciples about how somebody's going to betray him. Mm -hmm. And Peter has this great pronouncement, even if everybody else, which I love, the other guys had to have loved that. He's like, (laughs) I don't know about all these guys. I'm never leaving you. I will die before I abandon you. And Jesus warns him that he's going to deny him three times, which he does. Mm -hmm. And the way that I heard somebody put it, and I thought that this was just spot on, is they said Peter had great faith in his faith. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Peter Peter was self-sufficient. He knew he would handle it. And I think part of what went on, and even with what Jesus says to Peter, is Satan's asked to sift you, but I've prayed for you. He doesn't say, I told Satan no. He's going to allow Peter to go through this colossal failure to show that he can't do this in his own strength. 
Yeah. And so part of this is just us going coming back to saying, man, if I want to be more patient, it's not going to be my, by my own self-will. It's going to be by me abiding in the vine so that I'm bearing fruit. And I should be patient and realistic that that fruit is probably going to come slower than I want it to come. Yeah. That makes me think, do you think that even as Christians, when we think about um, goal setting and, and improvement and change, you know, we set some... Many of us set some great, you know, uh, Christian-based goals of, of reading the Bible more and praying more. Um, that those are still, do you think that those are still kind of dependent on us? And maybe some of the goals should be, I want to be used by God more, almost open-ended things. I want to spend more time with God. I want to be more available. Um, I want to do less next year so God can do more things through me. I mean, do you think there's some yeah. benefit in, in rethinking the way that we think about um, making ourselves better through our own efforts? Yeah, and it, I think it's a good question, and you can weigh into this too, how it's worked in your life, but I think it is, we want to start with that end in mind, where it's like, all right, the the ultimate goal is not to be a human being who read the Bible every day, because um, a non-Christian could decide to do that. So, sure. so that's that's a means to an end, or saying I'm going to, you know, I was talking about it, uh, earlier with you that I journal regularly now, a lot thanks to a friend, Troy, who yeah. encouraged me to do that. The goal is not to be a guy that journals three days a week. The goal is to have my heart more open to the Lord. The goal is not to read the Bible every day, but to have my my view of life transformed by the Word mm-hmm. and to grow closer to God. So we need to start that. But I just, I know for myself, man, if I don't get specific enough to say, all right, I'm, I'm praying about this, and here's what I feel like the Lord is calling me to specifically do to put myself in a position to be where I want to be in my relationship with him, I'm just, I'm pretty pessimistic that I will just stumble into a routine that will, that will kind of get me there. Right. And yeah. so, I mean, for you, have you experienced some of that wrestling match of, I don't want to get focused on the precise habit, but I also don't want to leave it super loosey-goosey. Oh, for sure. I mean, I, I think it's definitely easier to stay focused on the habit and the benefit that you might receive, right? So let's say like many of us are reading the Bible through through right. the year with with that being the goal i want to read the bible through the year and that we say that you know and i know uh multiple non-christians atheists who have read the bible from cover to cover right um as a practice to, to learn as much as they can and i think that um because that's this sim- simplistic attainable goal we make that the end result like you said and, right and to read the bible and i think we missed the point i think that there have been times in my life that i've noticed a common um, negative habit in my life that I want to address through multiple goals. So maybe it's like um, fear. Like I, I don't want to let Absolutely. fear be the thing that stops me from doing what God wants me to do. And so the goal might be I want to lean into God's strength more throughout the year and rely on Him in multiple areas and, and to not be afraid to say yes to God. And I think that that's kind of vague in the sense that well, what am I doing every day to practice that habit? That changes. That's saying yes more than no to what God wants me to do. But it's also specific enough that when I have those moments of doubt, I'm remembering the habit that I'm trying to form this year or this time in life is to not let those doubts keep me from saying yes. And so every day that could look very different. doesn't mean I'm necessarily a goal like I'm reading the Bible every day or journaling this specific amount every day. But I'm looking, because I'm asking God to do that in me and make that change. He's going to provide those opportunities. I'm looking to see what am I doing with those opportunities. Yeah, and and that's significant because I think that does point towards even within these these habits that we're trying to cultivate, 
staying, remaining in the vine, abiding in the vine, abiding in Christ, and consistently coming back to that. Um, so that, and, and that's where I think habits that are that are facilitating that. I'm like, all right, it's not a guarantee that if you read your Bible, you're abiding in the vine. But man, there's a good chance. Yeah, you know, it's it's not a guarantee that if I'm journaling my prayers to the Lord, I'm abiding in the vine. But man, it's you know, it, I'm up in my odds. For yeah, that. because if you weren't reading the Bible or journaling, you were you're watching TV or you're right. on social media. That probably isn't as as helpful to your faith than being a time with God, spending yeah. time with God. And I think just just as we're talking about, it's it's this weird thing with goals where it's like, all right, you don't want to you don't want to settle for mediocrity. And at the same time, and I know for me, you know, I'm I'm God willing, I'm turning 42 this year. Um, as I get older, I I just I have maybe different expectations of myself, uh-huh. and I think a more sober view of just even what I'm capable sure. of. Yeah. So you know, I shared with with the journaling stuff that last year when I was when I felt like that was something that the Lord was calling me to do. Instead of saying I'm going to do this every day, I said I'm going to do this three days. Were you tempted to say I want to do it every day? I was tempted to say I'm going to do it every seven day because I know the benefit of it, and mm-hmm. I know doing it seven days a week is better than doing it three days a week. Right. But I was I was pretty certain. That if I said I'm going to do this every day by mid-January, early February, I would have fallen so short of that that I would have started doing it zero days. Sure. And saying I'm going to do this three days has really it has been a sustained habit now. Where if I decided and and I I don't know if if the Lord is is leading me to say now up it to four or five, that would be doable now. Right. But but I do look at it and say, all right, I, I want to look at this realistically to say I'm limited. I, I am indwelt by the Holy Spirit. I'm also a fallen human being in a body, body with habits I'm trying to break and cultivate. So I, I want to be realistic with recognizing change is gradual. Right. Like I've been, you know, with, with my sons, it's, it's powerful to see this because I was thinking about this with, with my middle son, Jack, who I don't know if it's been probably a little bit over a year that I had him start mowing our lawn, mm-hmm. which is not a huge job. We we don't have a massive yard, but man, the the beginning of it it was it was chaotic. Yeah. I mean, and he was you know oh this is so hard, this is so difficult, and also he was just not doing a good job on it because he he was not orderly in the way he was doing it, and he he didn't know what he was doing, and so I had to, he and I both had to put in some work to really cultivate that. Where first of all when I would tell him to mow the lawn, that he wouldn't be devastated, where he would just know this is part of my my job, and also where he would be in the good habit of doing a really good job about it. Um, and it was funny, this last Saturday, because it, it rained on Friday, and so he wasn't able to do it then, but Saturday in the morning hours, Karina and I were both going to be away for the entire morning. And so I just left a note to say, sometime this morning, mow the lawn and, and all the jobs the kids were going to do. And, uh, and when I came back, it was perfectly mowed, mm. The lawnmower was put back where it was supposed to be. Everything was done right. And I suddenly realized, man, that would have been unthinkable to me back then. Yeah. There has been a profound shift. Right. But man, it, it took some time. Yeah. Like back in that time, the idea of leaving and saying just on your own, mow the lawn, it would have been unthinkable yeah. to just jump right to that. Yeah, for sure. I, I think we have to think back about our own successes and not just who we are, but who we are as people what it takes to really achieve some kind of change. Yeah. And and there are amazing stories of people changing overnight, but it's so rare. I mentioned this book earlier. This is a Christian author named John Acuff who has this book called Finish. And he partnered, it's in response to a book about setting goals. And, and, and he's kind of like, ah, I think I want to reapproach that. And he partnered with, I think, a university 
where they did a bunch of qualitative studies to see the number one factor to, to finishing a goal, to be more likely to finish a goal. And they found out that the number one factor was having previous success of finishing a goal, no matter the size of the goal. And so he writes his book and says, maybe your goal should be smaller and easier. And so his number one rule is set a goal and then cut it in half. And, and it's kind of funny, but it seems kind of hard to do. You're like, no, I want to set this big goal. And he yeah. says, it's better you just finish one than to set one and never finish it. Because the single fact that you have success will mean that you'll be more likely to see success later on. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that is, I think that that is, is based on just practical wisdom, just looking around and recognizing, all right, change is possible. So we're not going to say no change. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, change is gradual and it's difficult and it's a slog. So I'm going to look at this and say, what, what is, what is something? And the powerful thing about habit is you think about that and say, all right, if, if I've gotten halfway to where I think I should be, that's a mass. I mean, you are halfway there. That is huge. And you probably have habits in place that are going to make it much more reasonable for you to get the rest of the way to yeah, where you're going. Yeah, but people could see that as a failure and they then give up. They, they definitely could. And, th and that's where I do think that there's wisdom in that and in celebrating the growth that God has brought. Um, and for me, the other thing that I just think is really worthwhile talking about when we talk about because I think at the heart, what we're talking about is, what does it look like to, to order our lives in a way where we can experience sustained growth and change? Because mm -hmm. you got that. I, I always go back to weight loss just because it's so tangible. You can look at it. Um, you got those biggest loser contestants that lost that massive amount of weight. Then they check back in with them, and they put it back on. Right. And, and for me, something that I think is so powerful in this is to say, we are members of the body of Christ. We, are, we belong to Jesus. And we also belong to his people. And so if we are if if we are living our lives and normalizing with people who are looking to follow Jesus, that's gonna impact us long term. Mm -hmm. Like I just I, I relate it back. I know we we did some podcast episodes about sex and sexuality. And one of the things I think I mentioned in one of those was um when Karina and I were engaged, uh, which was back in, in 2000, 2001, um, it was Culture-wide, if you would have just looked at, at at the United States as a whole, it was weird that we were not having sex while we were engaged. Sure. Amongst our close friends, it was not weird. Right. It was normal. And so it, it is one of those things to say, all right, if you're looking to follow Jesus, man, normalize with the people who are following Jesus. If you're saying, I want to read the Bible every day, and you're around people, none of whom ever read the Bible— yeah. Man, it, it's going to be hard. None of them—they're not going to hold you accountable on reading the Bible. Yeah. But if you have made the people who are around you, people who who you're saying, I, I want to look like them, I want to be like them, they are reading the Bible regularly. We can build each other up in this. Mm -hmm. um, I, I just think, man, we see it in practical ways with people, whether they're looking to to break the bonds of alcohol or drugs, if they're looking to break bad, you know, unhealthy, physically unhealthy habits. Man, the, the support of people, not just in the moment, but long-term is huge. Yeah. I think, man, we have the ultimate resource— if we treat the body of Christ not as consumers, but as a, as a family that we are members of, I think, man, we are much more likely not just to have spurts of change, but real sustained transformation, because right. the people around us are seeking that same transformation. Yeah, I love that. So even the idea of wanting to experience significant life change and transformation in your life, there are some steps that maybe happened before that. And there are things that you need to get into place so that you're more likely to succeed. And you're talking about, you know, sustained change or even spiritual change. There might be a time in your life that 
you know, your goal instead of to completely change my life, read the Bible every day, journal every day, look like a different person. My goal is just going to be to slowly begin to surround myself with people who will give me that support and encourage me when those are the types of changes that I want to see in my life instead of expect to change overnight. Yeah. Instead, you build up the support system so that you're ready to go and people are cheering you on as, as opposed to looking at you like, what are you trying to yeah, do? Why, yeah, you think you're better than us. Yeah, yeah. But, all right, let, let me try to sneak one more thing into this episode because I think this is worth saying because we are and we, we are both advocating and, and encouraging anybody who's, who's listening or watching this, um, be willing to take gradual steps and celebrate those gradual steps. But what about the situation where we're not talking about a, cultivating a good habit, breaking kind of a bad habit, but we're talking about sin? Mm-hmm. So somebody's saying like, man, I'm looking at pornography. I'm I'm in an affair right now. Yeah. I'm you know regularly gossiping. I'm blowing up at people. You know all those things. Um, it se- doesn't seem right for us to be like, well, I'm going to taper off. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm going to put on the patch. Like you know with smoking. Yeah. So uh, it, I mean, I, I have some thoughts on it. But but what are your yeah. thoughts if somebody's saying, all right? How do I apply this idea that growth is gradual, and so I want to be realistic with the idea that I don't just want to turn a blind eye and say, "Well, it'll, it, I'll, I'll taper off this sin. Right. I'll, I'll start only seeing, you know, that this this woman who's not my wife only you know, once a month." Right. It's like, well, that's yeah. that's not good. That's right. that's obviously not the answer. Yeah, I have two thoughts, and I think the first one, I, I think, and I'm not positive. I don't have the studies with me, but I think studies would show that some habits are just more successful when they are approached like quick cold turkey. Right. You know, I, I think that, you know, when we talk about setting habits and we started talking about, you know, seem like we we're saying maybe gradually is the only form of success. I know, and we probably know dozens of people who have quit drinking, smoking, things like that. It, one day they just decided to stop and it never happened again. I know both my mom and my stepdad drinking and smoking at some points in their life and both of their stories for both of those habits, one day they decided they didn't want to do it. They never did it again. Um, and I think that has more to do with um, just kind of the the addiction part of the of the equation. Sure. And so I, I think that, you know, you need to come to the situation when it comes to these sin things. Um, is it an addiction? And I think addictions have different types of resolutions than setting uh, positive habits we want to see. And um, one could be, professional element to it, therapist and counseling. Sure. And another could be dealing with that addiction, the the pain and hurt behind that addiction and why that happens. The second thing I want to share, I think there is some idea of approaching it gradually in a sense of failing and shame and guilt. And I think that that needs to be reframed that if you, if you, um, let's say it's looking at pornography, if you went all year and it happened three times as opposed to three times a day the year before, right. that don't let those failures derail you so that you you didn't do it and all of a sudden you did it and then you did it every day after that. Right. That there, there's got to be a way to look at the success of not falling to that sin as much as a way to motivate you to continue to keep that commitment and not let that shame take you back to a place where the sin overtakes you and the negative thoughts just cause the sin to keep happening. Yeah, no, and, and I think that's great. And and I the, the only thing that I would add in um, to what you said, because I think that's super helpful, is just the idea that um, 
I think even for the people, for the person that decides just, I'm going to just stop drinking or the person that, that's saying, I need to stop looking at pornography. I need to cut off this affair. You know, I, I need to just move suddenly, which you do that. That's repentance. Mm-hmm. Uh, repentance is not saying, all right, I'll only do it occasionally. It's saying that sin I'm turning away um, is just to say, man, even if there is, even if you end up looking back and saying from that point on, the affair was cut off. From that point on, I never looked at internet porn again. Even if that does end up being the story, um, expect, especially at the beginning, man, it is going to be a ferocious battle. Mm -hmm. And so maybe the gradual nature of it is not that you're doing it all the time, now you're doing it a little, now you're doing it, you know, it might go that way, but it might go where you did it a lot, then you don't do it at all. But man, at the beginning of that, expect it to be a ferocious battle, and don't think that you're failing. Right. If it is just a ferocious battle where you are just you are in the heat of everything, and you're like, I must be a bad person because I keep wanting to go back to this sin. That's not what's going on. You you are in the heat of the battle. Satan had you as a captive to something, and he is not going to let you go easy. Right. So just part of the gradual nature might be that five years, you might say. I, I wouldn't even want to do that. Mm-hmm. But in the moment, just expect it to be a hard road, but a road that Jesus is going to walk with you through, with that narrow road that he's going to lead you through that. And if you're able to weather that beginning, man, chances are great. There's a lot of hope that that could be a long-term sustained transformation. For sure. Absolutely. Well, what would you say about people who find themselves slipping back into that? How do they uh, keep that from taking over again. Yeah. When I, I think your words on it were good. Um, in ter- first of all, I'd say, don't go it alone. Um, mm-hmm. Even if you haven't told everybody in your life, have people that are walking that road with you who actually are going to help you, who aren't just going to say, that's too bad, buddy. Um, and then also, it, I just agree so much with what you were saying. And if you're able to look back and say, I'm not trying to excuse the failures. I, I don't want that that sin. I need to continue to repent of that. Don't allow failures along the way to to cause you to lose the big picture of the transformation that God is bringing. Right. Um, you know, it's it, it's it's a tough battle because again, it, there can be a lot of ways where we can just let ourselves off the hook, and we don't want to do that. Right. But if God is bringing transformation in your life and you're having setbacks, realize as soon as you have that setback, turn back to the Lord. Right. Don't let that spiral you. Realize, you know, come to him for the grace and mercy and help that the author of Hebrews talks about in, in chapter 4. Go to him for the grace and mercy and help instead of lingering in your own shame, which is just going to lead to a further spiral yeah. of yeah. being apart from him. That's great. Well, Dane, thank you so much for uh, chatting with us today and, and sharing your thoughts. Thank you, everyone, for listening and watching. We'd love to hear some of your thoughts and uh, in the Facebook group. We'd love to hear... Uh, so areas in your life that you've had success and maybe we'd love to hear, you know, why it can be so hard uh, at the beginning of the year to kind of sustain these giant goals and New Year's resolutions. As always, uh, you can subscribe on iTunes or watch us on YouTube and uh, we'll see you on Sundays. Bye.